Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck, and each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week... To see what your insides look like. That's right. We are watching Scream from 1996, directed by Wes Craven. We were actually going to do a different movie this week. But the trailer dropped for Scream 5, and I was like, hey, John, we should do Scream, and then we'll, you know, do the other thing later. Uh, John was all for it. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm excited. I haven't seen this since I was in high school. Yeah, I have. Have you seen all four of the Scream movies? I, I think I've seen the first three. I've definitely seen the first two, potentially the first three. <laughs> I've definitely seen the first one. Okay. And maybe I saw the second one. I definitely did not see the third one or the was aware of the existence of a fourth one. But, you know, hey, that's cool. Um, but what, <laughs> but you brought up watching this and, you know, as we're in Spooktober. <laughs> Spooktober. <laughs> um, I thought, well, yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's, 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 spook- it's Spookytober. It's, spook- it's Spookytober. It's, 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 it's spooky. Yeah, that's way better than Spooktober. Spookytober. So anyway, that's where we're at. I thought, (laughs) oh, Scream. So I was like, sure. And I mean, my recollection of this movie at this point, I know Drew Barrymore is in it for a hot second. And like Nev Campbell and like some people who are in it. But like. The, the, the general idea outside of it just kind of being a take up on, you know, horror scare movies like I, I don't really remember much. And, you know, the, the, the scream mask thing and, you know, I've got these pieces and bits of memory, but I don't really have a strong opinion. Um, I didn't like love it when it came out, but I didn't dislike it either. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of had a similar relationship to this movie uh, that I did to uh, The Crow uh, in mm-hmm. that when I was in high school, every girl was super into Scream and, uh, you know, the, the, the just the whole aesthetic of everybody and, and like, they, they just were in love with it. I remember going to a, a, a party at somebody's house and they're like, oh, what should we do? Let's watch Scream. And so they threw on Scream. And, you know, we had a time of it. But I, I, I probably didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it at the time. And I don't know if it was because of the movie itself or because of the community that sort of surrounded it uh, where I went to school. Like, it just, uh, I, I, I don't remember particularly loving it. So it'll well, be here. interesting to see if I change my tune after watching it this time being that i haven't watched it since probably 97 or 98 well you're you're all gross up now and so I sure is so i think i think we're both ready to see what the all the hubbub is about all right well then let's go do that cool. uh we're gonna go watch this movie uh it's streaming in a couple places if you have subscriptions like fubo or pluto or amc plus 
Uh, otherwise, streaming rental services or your personal library. And when we come back, we are talking about Scream. John, are you ready? Yeah. Woo. Let's do it. What is your favorite scary movie? John, is this your favorite scary movie? Scream 4 is now my favorite scary movie. <laughs> I watched Scream and I, I couldn't get enough, so then I had to watch Scream 2 and 3 and 4. And you then I watched Scream not, 4 three more times. And uh, <laughs> no, this None of those things are true. No, none of them are true. And Scream, without a number after it, is not my favorite scary movie. But it was fine. Um, I, I could totally get the vibe that you were talking about, I think, watching this with like friends in high school or something. Like, that atmosphere, because it, it, it happens in the movie where they gather to watch scary movies. So the meta side of like, if you were with a bunch this of people watching it movie was meta the whole way well, yeah. through we'll go through that but yeah so so that's that's kind of fun and entertaining to think about on its own what it does what it represents it's interesting um obviously the things it does to like you said the being meta throughout and the commentary on the genre and and what it did at the time you know is it's all very interesting but just in terms of entertainment just in terms of a one and done experience, it was all right. Like it didn't really tickle my funny bone too much. Um, even if I could appreciate elements of it, I'm not really sure if I'm sold a hundred percent on this. Not not only as a singular movie, but as a massive franchise. Yeah, it kind of just steers around what I would find appealing. Well, I'm. I'm glad you, you said that last bit, especially because this this movie can and should have ended here. Uh, th- this should have been it. There, there shouldn't have been a sequel to this movie. Uh, it, it, it very well could have just stood alone on its own and we, we would have never had to deal with it again. Uh, not just that, that all of that to say this is not a terrible movie. I actually enjoyed it a bit. I just didn't. I felt like it was final enough that we didn't need to go any further. Uh, so overall, I would say though that it was, it was, it was okay. It wasn't bad. You know my favorite part of the movie, Henry Winkler. You want to know my second favorite part of the movie? <laughs> yes. Is uh, Wes Craven as the janitor? That was great, and dressed <laughs> as Freddy Krueger no less. Yeah, that that was in terms of clever cameos that was pretty nice i enjoyed that quite a bit <laughs> that that west carpenter guy yeah uh i mean what what so i don't even know what to talk about with this like <laughs> and that's the show that's the show uh it's it's just it's this weird sort of you know, we've, we've said meta nine fucking times now, but it is. It's this meta thing of, like, yeah, this is a scary movie about scary movies. Like, that would be like us making a podcast about podcasts. Well, yeah, but that's not a Although horrible th- there idea. Are, 
that's not there are hard, there are podcasts about podcasts that we've been mentioned on actually so that, that's true that was fun that no, was fun. I, I think with with <laughs> i just think that the the story here with this movie was that it was being you know clever about itself and like you said to kind of have one movie and be done is one thing and we're not going to talk about and judge this one movie based upon the fact that there were six subsequent sequels that all <laughs> degraded a bit um but just this movie in and of itself, it, it had some decent atmosphere. It had some decent jokes. It messed with your expectations. I, I love the fact that when Drew Barrymore was signed on, she was supposed to be, you know, Sydney. She was supposed to be the lead character. And then she didn't have time and had to get out of it. But she, like, bargained to stay on. But as the, you know, as the opening character, as we see, like, I like how they took something that would have been you know a death blow to some movies to be like oh damn it our star is gone we lost her and instead it's like no subvert expectations you know go for the big big uh unexpected you know killing right in the beginning and i'm sure i can't quite remember but i bet at the time myself or others or people who weren't expecting that were probably just completely shocked because they expected that Drew would be the heroine of the movie and, you know, end up turning the tables on the killer by the end, and that would be the way it goes. So right off the bat, the fact that they're they're telling you the rules, they're demonstrating things, they're showing problems, like they're aware of themselves, and they're trying to shake things up, like I could really appreciate that. And yet, even within all that, it has plenty of its own problems that it's almost like it's saying, no, you can't fault us for having problems because we're making fun of ourselves. Therefore, you know, anything you say, we'll just like roll our eyes and be like, yeah, we did it on the purpose because we're being meta. And it's like, that, this, that doesn't work for me uh, in terms of like movie enjoyment. No, me neither. And like it, to to have it be that way unintentionally and just rolling with it is one thing, but it's like they're... It's like Wes Craven's being in your face about, you know, the the entire premise to the point where it becomes distracting. Like we we have a story here about this girl whose mother was brutally murdered and that should really be the centerpiece of this as we deal with these, you know, continuing murders from a, 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 apparently the same killer. But instead what we get is lots of you know nods and winks and tongue in cheek and and sometimes even being trying to be funny or cheeky about things and it 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 kind of falls flat because you've already telegraphed the entire time this is a movie about movies not a movie about this girl yeah in a way it reminds me a little bit of like when uh, the McElroy brothers do one of those like riddle me piss segments. Oh yeah. And it, it reminds me of when they have a joke when they'll, they'll be like, you know, here's the riddle. I'm green and I fly and I'm full filled with anger. What I am, am I? And they guess a million things. And then the answer to the riddle is I'm nothing. Cause that's made up and this is a riddle and nothing's actually there. <laughs> and you're just like, what? No, what? That's not a riddle. That's not a joke. That's not a punchline. Exactly. Yes. And, and that's kind of some of that vibe that, again, it's more of a mild frustration. It doesn't like irk my grits or anything. Um, but it's one of those things that 
throughout Grit felt... Irkin. Sorry. <laughs> it, it took a while. I thought maybe it wasn't going to happen. I, I, had to change, I had to change sets. Sorry. Yeah. But, but yeah, so it really was something where um, just watching it and being mildly aware and annoyed that this is more like a, a documentary look into what you know, what people would do if they could like slightly nod at like conventions within horror films rather than being interesting. Um, so that's a bit disappointing. But then again, after everything, you know, Wes Cravens has done, including, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, to come back at that point in time when I think, you know, horror movies were pretty dead at the moment, you know, throughout that time. They just, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of gems that you know were all out around that time just in terms of pop culture you we know, were that, kind of between generations yeah. of, of horror films for sure so this is a it could have been an interesting side note as opposed to something that people try to aspire to rebuild and repeat and i mean who knows scream eight or whatever might be just like fast and furious and it could just get better and better i mean I watched the trailer, and I don't think so, but mm. maybe I'll get proven wrong, and it'll turn out to be, I won't say a cinematic masterpiece, but it'll be something at least worth watching. <laughs> uh, I want to talk, we don't normally bring up fashion on the show, but I do want to talk about the fashion of this movie, because it is painfully 90s. Yeah. Uh, so, so, like, right from the jump, like, the the sweater and everything that uh, Drew Barrymore is wearing, and then when we get to in front of the school and uh, Courtney Cox in her very 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 key lime green, uh, I guess skirt suit or whatever, uh, that is, is wow, so nineties. <laughs> this was like a, a worst case fashion show mirrored version of like clueless it was a little bit clueless was kind of hip to the style and captured it in like a way that didn't like hurt to see but this... they even make a, a a reference to that movie in this yeah, movie they sure do so you know good on them for referencing stuff because I... I think they do that a lot and i think we should give them a big old award because i think that's what they were looking for they probably were did they did this get an award for for stuff referencing? I'm sure there was an MTV Movie Award called Stuff Referencer of the Year. I need to look this up. I need to know if this movie won any awards. I'm gonna guess no because I don't see anything about awards. You might have to go to the, the special, special Oscars, <laughs> the, the, the daytime Oscars, the the daytime technical Oscars. <laughs> This was filmed at a private. Uh, uh, th- th- this was done in a private award ceremony. Yeah, not seeing any awards. Oh man, that's a shocking twist. Which this movie <laughs> could have used more of. Uh, not really. I don't care. Uh, oh no! It says it, uh, it received several awards and award nominations. Well, uh, oh Saturn I mean, Award. Few Saturn nominations and few 
film. Uh, it was awarded the best movie of 1997 by the MTV Movie Awards. And was it? Ne- Nev Campbell got best female. Performance. Well, there you go. That's that's the real measuring stick. That's they're they're the creme de la creme of award shows. The MTV Movie Awards. So. If you want to know what was hot in the 90s, MTV Movie Awards. S- Spaceman. Speaking of uh, Spaceman. Yeah. I I was shocked by the whole alien subplot that ran throughout this movie. Yeah, you noticed that too, huh? <sighs> no. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> we we could have run with that. We could have gone far with that. Yeah, I, I, there's some part of me that just feels like that would be dishonoring the the beauty of what we just witnessed in this film. <laughs> no. I mean... I just keep coming back to the fact that this just wasn't about anything. It was about itself, but not as a movie. And so I get frustrated. I feel like maybe instead we should be talking about other horror movies, and that would be the best way to describe this movie because we'd stop talking about it and we'd be talking about other horror movies. <laughs> and we could like, do that. We could for sure. That's do our that. meta twist. I, I do want to mention uh, one other thing I did bring up uh, Henry Winkler earlier. Uh, for me, he is the best part of this movie, and that's a shame that he dies off so quickly, uh, because his whole shtick being the principal and, uh, and how he can quickly turn his attitude is just, <laughs> it was lovely, and I, I had so much fun watching him do it. As as with most everything he does or has done, it was indeed rather entertaining. All right, done and done. Uh, <laughs> so we have uh, the you you brought up you know gathering around watching a movie. So they're sitting around watching Halloween, and there's a bunch of similarities with what they're doing in this movie, uh, at least in the the ghost face sort of attack shots and what's happening in Halloween. Or, or what Jamie Kennedy is describing or whatever. Uh, does that happen elsewhere in this movie with other movies? I'm trying to think of what other movies get sort of referenced. What's, what kind of references we were, we're seeing that are like really sort of in your face. Like they don't have to be underhanded or anything. But I, I'd be willing to bet if we like did a Google search on this, we'd find like 206 references you never knew were in Scream. <laughs> <clears throat> Whoa, made myself cough on that one. No, um, no I, I think that there were probably quite a few specific references, but there were also probably a lot of references that you'd only get if you were a real horror fan. You know, like that had that deep cut feel. It felt like this was more about the conventions and, you know, like the the rules and the ideas, which, again, felt like an excuse to break their own rules because they told us that they knew the rules and i don't mean break the rules like as in don't don't go to the other room and say you know i'll be right back not breaking those rules but i mean breaking the rules about you know the the entire process of what we're supposed to be afraid of and what's happening and trying to figure it out and who's under suspicion and what happens where and and then they they I mean, they foreshadow their own shallowness, which in some ways is kind of brilliant, but it also is a little frustrating because when they're they're talking about you know motivations and they're you know talking about why why did these characters do? It? Isn't it scarier 
you know, isn't it scarier when the movie has no point is basically what they're <laughs> trying to get the audience to agree to. And if you're like, well, I don't know about that, but I like, you know, I like Silence of the Lambs. So I guess they have a point and this means they're equal. <laughs> so that that's where I, I was left with that. Well, and, and it, it's a great point because they, the, it, they really are doing that throughout this movie. That it's a nonstop sort of thing, and that specific example actually is is great because, like, are are you being so? Uh, do you have that much hubris about your movie that you're going to compare yourself to Silence of the Lambs and and say that you're on equal footing? Like, it just, and you could take any uh, classic horror movie and and insert it there. Like it it's. It's, what's the word I'm looking for? Ostentatious. Sure, I'll go with ostentatious. It's very ostentatious. I think that has something to do with wrestling, but I don't know. Or Jane Austen, I can't remember. Yeah, oh, that's right. It was Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Halloween. Woohoo! Uh... So plot aside, sure, because I, 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 I do want to continue talking about this movie because I feel like there's there, there is stuff to talk about. Plot aside, the acting jobs that were done in this movie, uh, some of them I liked, some of them not so much. I I think that this movie uh, kind of put me off of Skeet Ulrich for a long time. Uh, like probably <laughs> you were until, on him for a long. Well, time? Well, no, but just like. He's on the cover of the movie. This was the only time that I had seen him up to this point. And he, I, I just didn't like him. Like, I didn't He's like, like the job oh, that he did. My, my brother's Metallica, so I could be, <laughs> you know, horrible in this movie. No, I, well, let's do it this way. Outside of Henry Winkler, who did you enjoy their performance? Okay, who did I enjoy besides Henry Winkler? Um... Well, the aforementioned Wes Craven. Uh, <laughs> the, the two-second cameo. Okay, cool. Uh, no, I I actually didn't mind Nev Campbell's performance. Um, I wouldn't say I particularly liked it, but it was fine. Uh, Courtney Cox is being Courtney Cox in this. Uh, David Arquette, likewise. Uh, Matthew Lillard is playing the same character that he played in hackers. And I didn't particularly enjoy that. Uh, or maybe I did. I don't know. You can never tell with Matthew Lillard. Uh, so Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler. Uh, Lee F. Schreiber. Yeah. I think that's a different movie. Nope. He's in this. He's cotton weary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh and yeah, cut. yeah, Nev Campbell. So, so no one. Um, <laughs> this the the movie. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like a broken record here, but you know, when you get your not just the plot, not just the depth or lack thereof with the characters, but even the performances. 
it's almost like, again, that they're saying, no, you don't understand. It's cool because this is how people are in horror movies. They're kind of two-dimensional and make decisions about their life that make no sense and, and have emotion one moment and no emotion the next moment. Like, this is what happens in horror movies. So if you think there's a problem with characters and their development or who they are or how they act or what you're seeing or feeling... It was all done on purpose because this is kind of satire and therefore we did it right. So it's like, I don't know, like, <sighs> this is going to become a bitter cast. It, it is. I, do, I do, really do. think it is. You uh, know what? You know what I actually, like? You know, J- uh, Jamie Kennedy. I'm sorry. I did like Jamie Kennedy's performance. I like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> okay. That was a good performance. Don't okay. <laughs> do you disagree? No, not at all. Exactly. I mean, there's a character who, yes, it's Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson, but because of the atmosphere and because of the lighting and because of the the whole situation that this family finds themselves in, it's claustrophobic and it builds and there's so much depth and there's so many layers and, and nuanced aspects to the movie itself that that tension the horror that comes as things build and you feel more and more uneasy like that's good like that that's that is something that you know is is a nice example of horror and stuff it's not a movie about uh you know we're not going to be like a funny satire where we do silly goofs and, you know, make fart jokes about people being killed. We'll save that for, you know, a scary movie. But, like, this is just somewhere in that in-between middle zone where you don't get too excited about much of anything, or I don't. And it's like, yeah, like, at the time, uh, again, in context, you have this movie being released, not a lot else going on, kind of stale when it comes to pop culture and horror, and the movie was going to be NC-17 because it was so violent, and there was all these, you know, talk and rumors about it, like people were passing out when they watched the movie because it was so bloody, and all this, you know, they're going to ban it, and it's not going to be allowed, you'll have to, you know, it's, it's not going to be in the U.S., like there were these rumors, there were all this talk and stuff, and it was like, I mean, it's a horror movie, it's bloody, people get cut up, stuff happens, but that's not extraordinary at least in my mind i'm trying to go back you know i know back then a lot of things weren't shown as much to this film yeah and so and so maybe i'm losing some of the context through history but that that didn't make it feel particularly special to me and in fact with matthew lillard like one of the most interesting reactions i had personally in the movie was the whole, like, when they're stabbing each other, you know, before, you know, they are trying to reach the grand finale, and he's kind of slowly bleeding out, but, like, kind of in a good mood, but also, like, freaking out a little bit. Yeah, he's, like, euphoria and And, like, I thought that was one of the better acting performances in the movie, because to take his over-the-top manic character and then to all of a sudden have me feeling a little concerned... It's like, you know, what a weird little switch because normally you're just rooting for the, the good guy to to either kill or escape the bad guy and you're not thinking 
oh oh man no he really is no he he needs help like oh ah like all these other people were senselessly killed they're there and they're gone but this was prolonged and protracted and and the acting like kind of went back and forth between having a feel of being kind of humorous and horrible to being a little tragic to be you know so like just had a lot of elements to it so it's like oh that that's interesting i'm not used to there being and, interesting things to think about here and this this is a better movie if you have that sort of connection throughout the film but you just don't like even even stuff that i i feel like is done in other movies but i feel connected to it just i just didn't get that here and maybe i'm not supposed to and maybe that's the point but i don't think it is and i think that like there there was a certain intention to connect with the audience and it it just it didn't happen for me. Like I, I didn't have, we, we talked about uh, watching 28 days. Was it watching 28 days later or Dawn of the dead or how I was like wound up. Like there was a tension there that w- wouldn't release the entire time. And I had none of that with this movie. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to have it because I think it would have brought me a little bit closer to the movie. I just didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah. It was never tense to me. I was never scared. Like, it just had none of those elements. I I was kind of forced to try to appreciate it for what it was trying to do and the commentary it was making, but not enjoy it as a scary, horror, Halloween-type movie. Uh, Yeah. Like, when when we watched Halloween last year, that felt... There was so much more going on there, even if it was a, a simpler time with, you know, lower budgets and less things going on. Like, to to study that as a, a genre, you know, piece that, you know, had a big impact. Like, and, and of course, they pay homage, homage <laughs> to it uh, here rather lengthily and good for them. But it's just like when I'm watching that and I'm observing what's going on with Jamie Lee Curtis's character, it's not like a funny meta commentary. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in this movie and like, why, why are things the way they are? What motivates Michael Myers? Is he really just a scary bookie man or does he have a, a system of rules and are, are they being broken? Like what's happening? And in this movie, I felt like, no, you kind of just got to be spoon fed what's happening because they just built it all as a construct. It's not, you're not pulling a, a Sherlock Holmes where you're unveiling things in a meaningful way. You just made a decision. There was no real way to know precisely what was happening until they built it backwards and then unfold and told you what they did in the past and what they did now. So it was like you didn't really have much satisfaction in that. And, and they just seemed to take joy in, in making you like not trust and, and kind of hate Nev Campbell's boyfriend you know, and so, but they were like, ah, ha, 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 see, you thought it was him, but it's clearly not him, but maybe it is him. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. And like, I, I didn't go along on that ride in a fun way. And maybe honestly, you know, it's because I, I vaguely kind of knew and remembered kind of where this was going in terms of the resolution. So, you know, again, that might be unfair, but you just, just not liking him and his character, you know, ever, and, and the whole, like, typical 90s, like, horny guy, and 
you know, the girl not wanting to reject his advances and think that, oh, maybe they don't love each other. And like the whole, like, we just have to have sex and then everything will be great. Like building that into things. And like, it all just felt stitched together in a way that didn't quite work for me. No, me neither. And, and a lot of that felt really, really forced the, like, especially the, the relationship between Sydney and Billy, like it, it wasn't, like I know that there was strain there because of the, 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 and they talk about it like because of her mother's passing and whatever, but like they they just didn't seem compatible to begin with. And well, and like the whole the whole like maybe she's just in trauma and shock and stuff like that, and that's supposed to be the excuse. But like the idea that you know her, her the way her mother died. And this being like the anniversary of her her mother's death, a person doesn't forget about stuff like that. You know, it's not like she would just forget that that was coming up. So these things would be weighing on her. And at the same time, it's like, well, her boyfriend really would like to have sex, though. And oh, yeah, now there literally is someone stalking, trying to kill her, following her everywhere. But at the same time, I don't want to lose my boyfriend. So if in the middle of this party, if we could go to a, you know, someone's parents' bedroom and, and go have sex real quick in the middle of me, you know, mourning my mom and being afraid for my life. And this wasn't even one of those, oh, we're, we're running away from someone and there's a thunderstorm and we're out in a shed and we're soaked and now we're just like all huddled together because we're cold and we end up, you know, making out and having sex. It was just more of a, no, nope, well, we're going to go do this now. This is, this is, this is the beat. This is the beat in the movie that we have to reproduce because we're aware this happens in other movies. And to, to the point where I, I could totally see them going, well, at this point in the script, it says that we're going to have sex, so let's go do that. And then they wink at the camera and then fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> Roll so. credits. Because everyone's dead. Uh, you know what we always forget to do? And it comes up at the end of the show. Forget to talk about the music in the, in the movie. <laughs> No, we don't always forget. Sometimes no. I there's this band called Semaphore. I'm surprised you haven't heard of them. Who? Semaphore. No. It's a grammatical term. Gotcha. Anyway, you were saying about the music. Um, there is music in this movie. It and felt, yeah. some of it is, you know, pretty okay, uh, and some of it is less so. Uh, I did like that cover of "Don't Fear the Reaper," though. Yeah, that was probably the best thing musically that had going on. I I heard themes from other horror movies playing at times in the background, including Halloween, Mm -hmm. that they just changed slightly and like elongated some of the 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 tones and like you know having even just the classical Halloween piano chord, you know, like that thing, but then like just stretching it a bit longer and laying it in real light and quiet like so it was again it was like they were trying to say you know turn to camera listen nod point at everyone and say did you see we we included horror music in our horror movie and it was just like (laughs) on display to let you know and that's why i think some of it worked and some of it didn't i think the fear the reaper thing like a lot of movies do that where they'll either take uh, a kind of a, a fun, lighthearted song, and then do something horrific to the to the to juxtapose with it, and that's fine. Or they'll take a a song and and just 
they could have like darker lyrics, but it sounds nice, but then they slow it down or make it darker sounding like a minor key or something. Yeah. This is nothing new as well, but they did it well and that worked. So like there are things they take and build and say, Oh, we need a scene like this because this happens, you know, and, and it's just kind of Frankenstein together in the most horror relevant (laughs) metaphor I can come (laughs) up with. Um, But as far as remembering it, other than what you just mentioned with the their their little cover version of Fear the Reaper or Don't Fear the Reaper. Um, like, it's all gone. I remember it. I remember it happened, but there's nothing iconic. There's nothing I'm humming. There's nothing I am can recall in terms of, oh, you know the theme from Scream? Like, no. No, <laughs> you don't. Actually, the only exception to all that that I will say is probably Red Right Hand by Nick Cave, but uh, ah, it's only true. if you're a Nick Cave fan. No, that's uh, true. Uh, no, no, and School's Out by Alice Cooper. That's in this too. But everything else is, I guess what I'm getting at is I kind of would have liked some more 90s music in this. Like you're going to go all out on the 90s with the fashion. Go and do it with the, the soundtrack too. Like give me some some grunge or some, some 90s pop or, or something. Yeah, something really popular like Vertical Horizon or, I you know, Sa- Savage Garden, Life House, <laughs> something that can really make um, it sink our teeth into. I could have probably stood for a little more diversity in the cast too. Yeah, a little more Belle Biv DeVoe. Sure, uh, some Kid and Play, uh, Los Lonely Boys. Uh, but but Anthony, this is this is a horror movie that's making fun of horror movies and that's, it's a social commentary with a wink and a nod to the camera. So the fact that this cast was 99.8% white is them saying, aha, but we know most horror movies are like this. Therefore you can't be upset that we don't have any richness or, or diversity going on here because we're really just pointing out how that doesn't happen in other movies. So haha, we win. <laughs> Wokeness achieved. I mean, they were, uh, they were woke early. Yeah, back before woke was cool. Uh, yeah. There was one reference in this movie uh, that if you haven't seen any of the sequels, uh, so the question comes up as they're walking, like, I think they're walking past the school or something like that, and uh, Rose McGowan says to Nev Campbell, oh, well, you know, who would play you if it mm-hmm. was a horror movie and she goes Tori Spelling I, I was kind of thinking Tori, uh, Tori Spelling in Scream 2 is Scream 2 or Scream 3 one of them uh, they do a like made for TV movie about what happened and Tori Spelling is playing Nev Campbell's character <laughs> I forgot that that's kind of funny so that it gets even more meta as the movies go on and then do they kill Tori Spelling uh, I, I think pretended to kill Tori Spelling. <sighs> and that was me harumphing. Harumph. Uh, and then Jamie Kennedy goes on about sequels uh, and brings up Terminator 2. That didn't happen in this movie. No, in the sequel, in, uh, in the second one. Uh, well, I like Terminator 2. Well, so do I. And he brings that up. Yeah, I think, well, that's score one more point for this movie that in the sequel, Terminator 2 is mentioned. <laughs> I guess that's, okay, we'll put that in the in the, the plus column. I, I figure it's like the whole, like, 
when you have the, the scales of justice and you know weighing things on either hand and like we're just plunking in little weights here and there that are just really you know now that i think about it i was wrong at the beginning this, <laughs> this actually is a masterpiece this is a true film masterpiece well done because West i Brandon. do i do really love sh- the shining and i'm rather fond of terminator 2 therefore good job Wes craven yeah and hey halloween really good horror movie so halloween's also good so overall i forgot i forget now why i was feeling all you know persnickety earlier i feel like i just need to chill out and go make some popcorn probably best not to even think about it yeah that's our show everyone thanks (laughs) so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past we have new episodes every monday so come and check us out on apple and stitcher and spotify and google podcasts and all those different podcast apps or you can head over to tmdpod.com that's our website like to hang out over there and post our episodes as hey, well. Anthony, hey, Anthony, yeah. Anthony, hey, what? What? Do, you, what? do you think because uh, we, we kind of ended on a positive note, they'll forget that we just like whined and cried about how this movie really wasn't amazing for 40 minutes? Do you probably. think they'll forget that? And they'll, I think, like, I think probably. We, we closed out strong, so I think we'll be okay. That's our show, everyone. <laughs> Please be sure to subscribe to... Oh, wait, you already said all that. I did. Um, and we talked about how Semaphore does the song during the no, evidence. No, we didn't do that part we, yet. We Oh, okay, cool. So, <clears throat> big twist. Savage Garden has agreed to do the song for our podcast. What? Yeah. Um, but mm, mm, now that I think about it, I'm gonna. I think we just stick with destroying the evidence. What do you think? Yeah, I mean they've been with us through thick and thin for the past 120 something episodes. I think I think we stick around with them for a bit longer. I dare say they've stuck with us. From from thin from to thin. Di- from day one. From thin to thin and never sh- shall... Never the two shall meet. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, if you've actually listened to 43 minutes of whatever we're doing and you're still listening to me now, there must be something wrong with your brain and we appreciate that. So thank you again for listening. I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Verneri and this has been the Memory Distillery. What's your favorite scary movie? I remember that question. <laughs> <laughs>